text for our meditation is part of the gospel reading you heard earlier, words of John the Baptist at first. Um, Early on he says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And then after he's talked about uh, to various people, and we'll look at a lot of those verses uh, in the course of the sermon, he then compares his work to the work of Jesus. And he says simply, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He says, I'm not even worthy to untie the thongs of his sandals. And then at the end of the story, Luke says, and with other words, John exhorted the people and preached the good news to them. On the basis of these words of scripture and in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who has called each one of us to work in his kingdom, my sisters and brothers in faith. Most of us, when we hear the word work, run in the opposite direction. Well, hopefully not. Most of us, when we hear the word work, we think of some of the things that are on the screen. We think of a job, a profession. If you're a young person, you maybe think of schoolwork, homework. Uh, No matter what our age, we think about chores around the house, things that we, we do and need to do at home or outside in the yard or whatever it may be. That's usually what we think of when we think of work. So today we want to use a different word. And it's the word that you already had introduced to you in the hymn we just sung. It's the word vocation. Vocation. I picked that word because that was a word that was a favorite of Martin Luther. He liked this word. And he used it often. Now, if you look this word up in the dictionary, uh, you would find that, and what I do, I was an English teacher, so I always look at, where did the word come from? Well, it has the same root as the word vocal. So it means to call. Or sometimes we would say a calling. If you look in the dictionary, For meanings, the first meaning is an occupation or profession. And you have to go down a few, and finally it'll say a calling. But it means a calling into a certain occupation or profession. Well, that's not what Luther meant by this. Narrowly, yes, but he broadened it much more. For Luther, a vocation was... Every job, role, position, station in life, whatever you want to call it, that we have. And we all have several, maybe even many. Certainly, one of our vocations is the job that we have, the profession that we are in. But You heard in the epistle lesson in Ephesians 6, Paul was talking about 
vocation of father, but also the vocation of child. So you've got parents and children. Uh, we could talk about employee and employer. We could talk about teachers and students. We could talk about coaches and team members. Uh, we could talk about the captain and the crew. Uh, there's so many roles that we all have. Paul even goes so far in his day, of course, talking about master and slave. All these different roles that we have. Now, Luther liked this word, vocation, because in his day, in the church, the church taught that there was only one true vocation. And that was entering the monastic life. That, they said, was a holy calling. And so we talk about vocation, and sometimes when we talk about that in the church, people think right away, oh, that must mean that I should be doing church work. I should maybe go into the ministry. And that's okay if that's your calling. And it certainly is for some people. But Luther is saying that every position, every aspect of your life is your vocation. Whatever that may be, we are called to follow Jesus by faith, in service, to be a Christian, to live the Christian life. We have gotten so good at compartmentalizing our lives. Maybe we're really just Christians for an hour on Sunday morning. Well, maybe it's an hour and a half if I talk too long. And then the rest of the week, nobody would even know. We are called to be Christians in all of our life. A meat packer was asked, what is your business? His response was quick. I am a Christian. The person who asked the question was kind of confused, puzzled by that, figured, oh, he must not have understood what I was asking him, so he took another stab at it. He said, no, well, what I mean is, what is it that you do for a daily business? And the man said, my daily business is to be a Christian. I pack meat to pay the expenses. In every aspect of our life, God calls us into various roles and positions so that we can serve him. Luther is 
quoted as saying this, and I'll tell you before I read it, he didn't say this. But it's a good passage to look at. Maybe I should quiz you and see if you can figure out what part he wouldn't say. The Christian shoemaker does his duty not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but by making good shoes because God is interested in good craftsmanship. Well, basically, he could have said all of that, but he wouldn't have meant it the way it sounds. That's the American work ethic version of vocation. Luther would have said something like this. God likes quality craftsmanship. You ought to make good shoes or whatever. Not for themselves or for the satisfaction you get, but because... That meets the need of others. Luther would say, do the best you can do at whatever you are called to do, because that is the best way we can serve God by serving others. And our example, of course, as always, is Jesus Christ. He said it this way, I came not to be served, but to serve. In John chapter 13, he illustrated that beautifully. He was the host at a Passover meal. The host. Well, not only was he the host, he was their master. He was their teacher. Well, not only the master and the teacher, he was the very son of God. And at this meal, he gets down on his hands and his knees. And he washes his disciples' feet. Now, that was a job that was reserved in most households in that day for the lowest servant or slave of the household. And Luther would have said to that slave, usually a young girl, if that's your job, do it the best that you can do. Be sure that those people walk out of there with the cleanest feet they've ever had. Do it to serve them not because you have to. And that's what Jesus said to his disciples, didn't he? If I, your Lord and Master, can wash your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. He's calling us to serve, to do whatever we can, And again, we look at his example. He didn't just wash feet. He gave his life. He served us by taking the punishment that we deserve for our sins, dying on a cross, suffering that agony, that pain, that punishment that was rightfully ours. He served us by taking our place. And now he calls us. 
into vocations. To serve him by serving others in our jobs, in our homes, at school, even at play, on vacation, even in retirement. There are roles to play, jobs to do, people to serve. And that's illustrated beautifully by the text. John says, you know, he's talking to the people and calling them to repentance, and he says, as, as people's hearts are touched, they think, maybe we should do something different. What can we do? What can we do? What should we do, they all ask. And it's important to note that in, in John's day, tax collector and soldier were jobs that people felt were unsuitable in God's eyes. So you might expect that when the tax collectors and the soldiers said something to John, he would have said, well, get a new job. Quit your job, get into something. He doesn't say that, does he? He says, be the best tax collector you can be. Don't extort people. Don't take more money than you should. If you're a soldier, don't use your power wrongly. Don't intimidate people. Be a good soldier. And so each of us needs to say, as we look at the different roles that we play in life, the different vocations we have, what should we do? How do we serve? How can we serve God in this role? It doesn't mean you have to get a different job. It might. But I would hasten to add that Luther would say that while you're in your old job, do the best you can at it until you get the new one. We think that there are only certain ways we can serve God, and the truth is we can and should serve God in all of our roles, no matter what we're doing. It's how do we serve God? How do we work for him? And remember, Jesus tells people that whatever we do for one of the least of these, we're doing for him. And so being out there in the world and helping people and being kind and being loving and serving in whatever roles God has called us to is our way of worshiping God. Uh, when I talk about this, it reminds me of one of my favorite people from the Bible, and that's Esther. You know Esther? She was a Jewish girl, got carried away into captivity. King got mad at his wife, fired her, had a beauty contest. Esther won. She became queen in this foreign country. And then she finds out from her uncle Mordecai that her, the other people that were carried into captivity are now in danger. They're in jeopardy. And Mordecai says to her, you're the one that can help. You're the only one that can do something about it. 
and who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for just such a time as this. And I think we need to all look at our jobs, our roles, our positions in our life, our vocations, and think, you know, if vocation means call, and God has called us into this position, there must be a reason. Why are we here? How can we serve? What can we do to live out our Christian life in service to one another and above all in service to God? How can we do that? And of course, we're going to mess up. We're not going to get it right many, many times. That's why, and John said this at the very beginning, and I saved it to the end, but bear fruit, that's what we've been talking about. Working, serving, helping, sharing in all of our different roles in keeping with repentance. If you really are repentant, if you've really turned to the Lord, you're going to do these things. But we're going to mess up, and so we've got to live in that state of repentance. We've got to continue to repent. And that's why Jesus died, so that we could be forgiven. When we mess up in the vocations that he's called us to, he doesn't fire us. He gives us another chance, a new beginning, a new start. That's why he went to the cross. So that all of our messing up, all of our failures and faults could be forgiven, could be wiped out. And then he gives us another chance, another start, a new beginning. Try it again. Go for it. I'm with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Keep at it. Keep looking. And know that there's always forgiveness when you fail. And so Solomon in Ecclesiastes says, whatever you find to do, whatever your role is, whatever your vocations are, do it with all your might. For that is what God called us to. He called us to serve him by serving others, called into his family, made children of God, heirs of everlasting life. That's who we are. And so it's what we do. In Jesus' name, amen.